Christmases. What do you do? What do you do? You just got to keep loving your Jesus, don't you? Man, whatever you want to do, man, we'll rock this place out. Whew. Man, man, I tell you what. Man, that's powerful. No, no, no. Whew, let me close all this up, man. Look here. That was enough said, wasn't it? That's all we need to know. And I won't stop, and I hope you don't stop. I hope the church family don't stop. Tell everybody, is loving that Jesus. Huh? Amen. Without further ado, we're going to pray our man in here tonight. We got a great, great story to be told in here tonight. And I know some people need it. Because remember this, listen. When y'all see somebody out there, don't be scared. Just like he was talking about. You think people don't understand. There's people waiting on you to tell them your story. I'm telling you right now, we understand. People's out there broken just like you. You ain't, you ain't in this alone. You ain't the only one suffering through things, going through anything. Just because everybody's smiling, having a good time, we're struggling. We need to hear what's on your heart. That's what's going to help us get through all day. Just like when, you, when he tells that story, just like that, when he's seen we get in here together. Look at that. Y'all just do like this. It just opens up. Everybody's ready. Y'all bursting at the scenes right now, ready to tell your story, ain't you? Everybody want to grab the mic at the same time I've been here. Y'all stand still. One at a time. It's John's turn. So without further ado, let's bow our heads and pray this gentleman in tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this evening and gathering. I want you to open each and every heart in here tonight to understand that you love us so much. And I want you, as you can already see, we love us some Jesus. And we need you in this place tonight. I want everything that's guided, every word, every action, everything that's coming in to be directed by your Holy Spirit. Father, please flood this place tonight. Whoever in here is hurting and needs to hear this word, open up tonight and listen. Receive something. I want you to leave different than the way you came in here tonight. So for the hungry, the sick, and the poor that's out there in the world that couldn't be here with us tonight that are suffering, all our prayers go out to them for the healing process that only you can do. Be with us in all things. I pray for these and all things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Come on up, Brother Tab. Give my man a great round of applause. Yeah. I know where you can get one. <laughs> oh. Whew. How y'all doing tonight? <laughs> very, very blessed. I'm all right. This, these, these songs that we just sang in the worship, it was like, I've been sitting here wondering what to talk about. I know what I want to talk about, but it's all the words going to come out right for y'all to, to understand them. You know, back in the day, over 10 years ago, I would have sat up here and said, hi, I'm John Tapp. I'm an addict. But no, the first song says, I'm a child of God. All right? I'm no longer an addict. I'm a child of God. <laughs> you know? Then the second song, same words over and over again, but it burns deep inside the heart. You know what I mean? And then the last song, whoo, I'm tell you my story. All right. For y'all that don't know, my name is Jonathan Tapp. 
I can say that because I'm the one talking. Um, age 18, I was introduced to methamphetamines. Uh, I about to say business was good at 18. Uh, but uh, as everybody knows, the path got darker and darker as it went down. I started snorting it, smoking it. I was to the point where I was letting somebody hit me in the arm and the neck at the same time. Because I was that far off. You know, and then every time I sat there in jail, cry. I didn't even cry. I'll be honest. I didn't cry. I didn't want to do the whole church thing. You know, because I knew exactly when I got back out, I was going to do the exact same things all over again. But now I've been clean for since January 30th of 09. All right. I had to turn my. I had to turn myself in by 5 o'clock on January 30th, so at 4.45, I decided I'll take my last two bumps in front of the sheriff's apartment in Bell County. And uh, last time I stuck a needle in my arm. I've been, uh, I've been saved for a while. I met my wife, what, eight years ago? Nine years ago. Woo. I know. Woo. <laughs> I met her. Uh, she was a, a friend of mine's sister, and I met her at church when I was seeing somebody else. But, you know what I mean? But that's a whole other story. You know, I've had, the, I've had the ups and downs. I, I missed something? I've had the ups and downs of being a Christian. You know what I mean? I've been on fire. I've been on, on fire so much that, whew, couldn't contain it. You know, but then if I seen a need, I feel the need. I just want to let y'all know, be careful doing that because you can burn yourself out real quick to the point where you let the enemy get in your head saying that what you're doing doesn't matter. You know what I mean? That if you weren't doing it, that they're just going to find somebody else to, to fill your shoes and do it. But everything you do does matter. All right. There was, there was a, a time, there was a season in my life, wasn't that long ago, that I just felt like everything was going wrong. All right. That me and my wife were constantly arguing. I'm working so much at the shipyard. When I come home, the kids are crying and arguing, and it's all getting to my head. You know what I mean? I don't want to deal with grown people crying at work to come home to actually hearing my kids cry. You know what I mean? So I felt like I was just going through a rough time in my life. Then I'm part of a, a men's group, Brave Men of God. Every morning, I read a devotion, I post it, we share it. But I'll be honest, at the time, it felt like I was going through a routine. You know what I mean? Like, I get up, do my devotion, and I post it. And then I just let the world, world hit me, being at work. Then I was doing a devotion, and it talks about how Jesus... He was hungry. I'm going to read it. It's Matthew 21, 18. 
It says, Now in the morning, as he returned to the city, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it but leaves, and said to it, No fruit growing on you ever again. Immediately, the fig tree withered away. I'm like, man, that's pretty deep. How many of us are going through life right now thinking that our trunks are strong, our branches are full of leaves, but we're just producing, but we're not producing any fruit. We're just there. How many of us are going to church Wednesdays and Sundays and Fridays, but not putting our works into our own life? And it says, and when the disciples saw it, the marveled, saying, How did the fig tree wither away so soon? So Jesus answered and said to them, Assuringly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to the mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. And, what, and whatever things you ask in prayer, Believing, you will receive. So I was like, man, I mean, for, for months, this, this, this little bit of passage has been stuck inside me, and I'm just like, I don't know what to do. You know what I mean? So then, one day I finally, I sit down and I put pen to paper. And I'm like, man. Am I bearing any fruit? My wife told me, she said, honey, the fruit's not for you to see. It's for everybody else. You know, we're not, we're not known. I mean, we're known for the fruits that we produce. So I got to thinking and I was like, man, so I'm starting writing stuff down and Man, I got six pages of, of stuff, and y'all can see, I don't write very big. All right? It'll be all right. So I started to think about, like, what the issue was. You know, that old saying, it starts at home? That was my issue. It's all started at home. I wasn't being the spiritual leader that I needed to be for my household, for my wife, for my kids. My kids were getting a little nervous. They felt like they were walking on eggshells whenever they had to be around me, you know? And I take some medications and everything, and it's bad when my, my middle child, my middle little girl is saying, Daddy, you take your medicine today? And I'm like, I don't know. She said, well, you're acting like you haven't taken it. And I was like, well, I remind myself to take it in the morning. You know what I mean? <laughs> but that's exactly where it all starts. It, start, it starts at home. My, I got three wonderful kids. Y'all seen them. A seven-year-old, a six-year-old now. Her birthday was Wednesday. And uh, whew, a two-year-old. And y'all know them. It's y'all can take them for the weekend if you want. Um, 
So, but yeah, there was this. It all started. It all starts at the house. My little Yumi would be like. My wife sent me a picture. Yumi has a a chalkboard on her bedroom door. You know, and she said, uh, she, she sends me a picture, and it says, "Love God, love people." I'm like, oh, you know, where'd you get that from? She said, your daughter wrote it. I'm like, man. Man, you know, my... My little girl, my kids, I feel like the way that my kids are right now, that's the most important fruit that I can produce. You know what I mean? It all, it all starts at home, and I got to thinking more about why I was feeling the way I was feeling, all right? And regardless if it was something my wife said or something somebody at work said, I let something offend me that pushed me away from God for, for a short period of time, all right? So I started reading a book. If I can get to the page now. We all think that we sit here and we let offense get to us so bad that family start family stop talking to one another, families divide, I mean marriages break up, friendships are broken. And I got to read in this book here, and this is like as if Jesus is talking, all right? He says, in my greatest need, my closest friends deserted me. Judas betrayed me. Peter denied me. And the rest fled for their lives. Only John followed me from afar. I had cared for them for three years, feeding them and teaching them. As I died for the sins of the world, I forgave. I released all of them from my friends who had deserted me to the Roman guards who had crucified me. They didn't ask for forgiveness, yet I freely gave it. I had faith in the Father's love. And I was like, wow. So now, saying all that and then talking about the fig tree and everybody's thinking that they're their trunk strong, their branches are full of leaves, but no fruit. You know, and then as I was sitting there writing, I was like, you know, not everybody is going to be able to reach somebody. You know what I mean? We're all going to bear different fruit. You know what I mean? Oranges, apples, whatever, pears. And then I, and in my writing, I put, you know, it's about the only time we were being a family of mixed fruit would be potential because, I mean, everybody else in the family is going to be able to reach somebody differently. You know? What's that saying, Chunk, I say? That's right. It's not always rainbows and unicorns. <laughs> I said, being, being a father to my kids is 
some of the best fruit that anybody will ever be able to to show is the way that the kids are. All right. And in one of my devotions, I wrote, it says, you have been called father. And it breaks down each letter. It says the F in father stands for faithful. Almost anyone can be a father, but a faithful father is one that requires effort. It requires wisdom, prayer, and effort towards being there for your, chi- for your children through the good times and the bad. These are days when that slightly balding dad joke, telling sports watching, uh, shorts wearing jokes, wants to take a nap, the faithful ones will always give up a nap to invest in their children. I was like, man, the first thing I want to do when I get home is take a nap. You know, I get up at four, I work by five, but when I get home, it's dark. I only have a couple hours with my kids. If I take a nap, by the time I wake up, they're in bed. The A in father stands for action. Here's to all the fathers of action out there that get their hands dirty in the role of fatherhood. From inhaling a pound of sawdust, from helping, says the Pinewood Derby car win the 5K, to the father the fathers of action who know no bounds and will play hopscotch board games or Bible lessons with their children. I was like, I just need to spend more time with my kids. You know what I mean? Right now we're in the situation that we're able to growing up, I'd always didn't have my dad. I didn't have that father figure around. Now that I am a father, I just know that my children want somebody to spend time with them. Want somebody to know that they're there. All right. Says the T in father stands for teacher. Life is full of lessons that apply to the adults as well as children. Says be on the lookout for the teachable moments no matter the situation. I'm always willing to talk with my kids now. You know what I mean? Says the H is for holy. So E is for encourager, encouraging, and the R is for role model. That's that's father. And it got hot in here. <laughs> so. That's all I got, really got to say. <laughs> my mind went blank. I don't know if I took my medicine today. <laughs> drew a blank like I seen some squirrels and everything <laughs> what kind of note did you just have? <laughs> well shucks a beaver <laughs> I guess. 
it happens, man. You know what I'm saying? I remember that five and five. He just stood there at one now. You know what I'm saying? Was, it's okay, brother. We do it. You sweating? Good job, baby. Come on. Give my man a round of applause, man. Shoot. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to do like this. I'm going to walk over here for a second. Off the camera. I'm going to look at everybody. 13 minutes, 27 seconds. I'm sure I can find something to talk about. Let's see. Let's talk about Jesus. Let's open up this little thing here. and uh, Man, I'll tell you what. We'll go to anything. How about that? Shoot. Let's just pick a piece of paper and start talking about something. How about that? Here we go. Hey, Jesus, you ready? I'm sure. Yeah. He's really asking me, am I ready? And uh, just to let y'all know, I need medicine too, and I don't take it. <laughs> And boy, do I got a lot of squirrels. <laughs> All right. So everybody, come on back in here. All right. Huh. Let's just start right here in Mark 14, 6 through 9. Let's read a little bit. He said, but Jesus replied. He said, leave her alone. Why criticize her for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you. Hmm. And you can help them whenever you want to. But you will not always have me. Christ lets you know that. You will not always have him. But just like we was talking about earlier, look how he just places his stuff right in the order it needs to go. But we will have one another. You understand that? You look around. He's not here. That's why, we're, that's why it's up to us. He's giving us a choice. What are we going to do for our people that we're among? We're going to watch them all fail or we're going to go over there and lift them up? They don't go by the cell. That's why just like that, he go a little sweat and he come like that. I got to come on up here. Because if both of us just stand here and sweat, something bad is going to happen tonight. Everybody's going to be like this. Well, what's going on in here? I'll tell you what's going on in here. We're going to do this together. He goes on to say, she has done what she could and has anointed my body for burial ahead of time. I tell you the truth, whenever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. Do you understand that? That's all you need to do. You just go out into that world. When you leave this building or any house, you go out there and you preach it till you can't preach it no more. Till you just get tired and your throat gets sore. You'll sit there at a ball game and scream. You'll sit there and yell at your kids and you scream till you go hoarse and you can't talk. You and your friends singing and playing house all night, all that stuff. That's how you're supposed to be worshiping Jesus and trying to change people's life. Everybody comes up and says, well, I'm tired of talking to them people. I'm tired of being there. Well, then I'll tell you what then. Which way would you rather do? Ask yourself tonight, would you rather give them life again or hand out a bunch of shovels and we all go bury them? Which one sounds like what we're supposed to be doing? So y'all better get on the team. What deed will be remembered? Did you let people just sit there and die? Or that you did a good deed for Christ and you saved them? That's what we need, y'all. That's what we need. Connection. Deliverance. Y'all ready to do that? Listen to me. Judah had the same decision, you know, and he, he was a controller. He was a complainer and a consumer. Do y'all know some people like that? Take everything from me, everything out of you. You got all type of things wrong with you. They don't care. They want to control every situation they got. Well, my life, you trying to tell them about you, and they're like, well, my life, man, look, I'm trying to tell you about my life. 
But no, he wants to control it. He wants to complain a little bit to you. Don't people do that? Well, how are you going to change anybody's life if that's what you're going to sit around and do all day? I'm going to sit around every time you get around me, and all I'm going to do is complain about how my life is. You will not change somebody else's life by sitting there complaining. We all got complaints. They even got boxes in some places where you go put them in the little box. I remember my boss used to tell me that all the time. You got a complaint? Go put it in the box with the rest of the complaints. And then he don't even do nothing with them. I'll be like, you didn't even answer my complaint, man. You told me to put it in the box. He said, that's exactly right. You go do it and quit complaining. I was like this. Dang, all right. I guess we're all right. You consuming all my time. Well, I apologize. I'll go talk to myself then. <laughs> but see, now, on the other hand, Mary's decision, see, she was caring, just like that mother back there. Take care of the baby. She's a contributor. And she created a lasting legacy. And that's what we're talking about here. Remember that song he just played just a little while ago? That's the only legacy you want to hear. You want to leave something with somebody. You want his name to only be, only thing be to remember. Not you. It's not about us. He was just talking about earlier about the fruits, you know, and everything like that. You want to do the fruits of Jesus, not your fruits. You can sit there and talk about what you did all day long. Who are you? Who am I? If I sat up here the whole time like that, Lord, 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 down in my heart, change the song up. Guess what? Building be empty as a mug. I'll be here still by myself next week like this. Lord, Lord, Lord. All right. But then when somebody say, Jesus, everybody come. You got to contribute because that's the legacy I want people to see. I don't care what nobody says. They say everything about it. I don't care about it. You don't have to remember my name. Don't never. And I'm not telling you to call me nothing else. But you know what I'm saying? Remember Jesus. You see what I'm saying? That's all I care about. I want to leave a legacy like that. And you should too in your family's life. Not what you did getting there, scalding them and whooping them and beating it in the head. You cannot control people to do these things. That's why I tried to tell somebody the other week. They come to me and he was trying to be like, uh, I'm, I'm a, he was a, he's a military. You know, he, he, you know, he's a sergeant. You know, so that's all he knew. And he tries to control his, everything like that. You know, and I'm not taking none away that you can do that. But you see what I'm saying? In a Christian's life, you can't make them and force them to love Jesus. You got to love them. In a different way. Now, you can get in the military, and you, like, just like when I was in prison. I had to do what they said. So you could control me. You know what I'm saying? Because I had to get up. I had to go eat when you told me. I had to sleep when you told me to sleep. But Christianity is different. So when you get and reach out to a person, you got to love them. you gotta make, you got to make them buy into what you're talking about. Why should I love this man that you're talking about? Because he loves you more than anything. And he's going to give you what you're missing. That, that when, you, when you don't have that love in your life, he's going to provide it for you. All you need, I promise you, that's all you need is him. Him. You don't need no man, no, no little cartoon characters, no shirt from the mall, no new shoes. You need Jesus. He'll provide all the rest. Amen. You'll get all that with that. You just need him. Because all that other stuff controls you. Your friends do. Your family does when they're doing that stuff. Well, if you was, if you was more like Jimmy, you know, you, you, well, I don't even like Jimmy. Why well, I want to be like him? Because he's doing good. He's down at Ingles and he's got a great job and he provides for his family. Yeah, mama, but you don't know what I know about Jimmy. Jimmy's not perfect and neither is none of us. But I know this one that is and that's who I want to follow. Everybody's always telling me all the time to follow that other guy or follow that other woman. 
It's not possible. It's just like the little guy that was playing with me on the basketball team. He was always like this. I'm going to go up here. I'm going to be like Michael Jordan. No, you not. You know what I'm saying? You ain't going to be able to jump that high, shoot the ball like that. And guess what? You ain't black. <laughs> and he didn't understand all them things. Michael Jordan's Michael Jordan. You are who you are. He's called each and every one of us to be a specific individual and do their own gifts. We all provided with our own specific gift. And you have to use that. All of us don't have the same talents and gifts. So use what you got and reach the world. Provide that legacy of Christ. What God gives you, man, be content with it. Don't try to sit there and try to grasp something that you're not. That's what that song was talking about. You can't, you're not, he's tired of looking at people trying to be something they're not. They're wearing this mask. They're all walking around trying to get all the answers, trying to do all. No, you don't. Sit back a little bit sometimes. Sit down for a minute. Listen, pay attention. Jesus, go find them. Be like Mary. Be caring. A contributor to somebody. Lasting. So what? My decision, I don't know what yours is going to be. My decision is to be a difference maker with Christ's love. You see? Making my legacy through him. I don't want people to see Lord. I want people to see Jesus in me. I want y'all to have that same mentality. The same drive and the same passion for this. Don't sit there and just be passionate about what you're doing and telling the world about what you're doing. I want y'all to tell each other about what Jesus is doing in your life, what he can do. We done tried it our way. All our stories are the same. We done did it. I hear it all the time. Everybody's successful for a month or two of what they was doing. And then their business fails, their life fails, their marriage fails, all that stuff fails because they was doing it their way. They're not contributing. Contributing is get in here on someone that's going to hold it together. Jesus, you talk about it. You bond with it. You ain't going to change your kid's life. Nothing without him. I promise you that. I know I'm standing here before you because I done been there. I done been controlled. And I tried to control other people. It doesn't work. People get tired of that stuff. Pointing fingers and doing things, doing like this. It's my way. It, it, that's what they do. It's my way or the highway. You want to be my friend, you'll do what I say. Oh, it's going to work for a little bit. Then all of a sudden you, you're shot you, or, or you, you know you're lonely again. There you go. You, I wonder why they don't like me because it's all about you. You ain't contributing nothing. You're a control freak. You know what I'm saying? You're trying to complain all the time. You're consuming everything around you. You want to be a difference maker? Then start making different decisions. Every day. Come up with something different than the same thing you did the day before. It's sad how people do it all the time. I talk to them all the time. They want their life to change. They hadn't done different than they did six months ago. And they stuck in the same pattern, talking about the same stuff, talking about, and, and then they want everything to change. It's not. Until you make a different decision, nothing's going to change. Jesus is a difference maker. You get with him, he's going to change things. He sure did some things in me. Brand new. Brand new. Does it in young people, old people, all type of people. If you just give them a chance. Let him make a decision for you. How many here are making decisions for themselves and failed? <laughs> Cut it out. <laughs> Everybody? That's crazy. But I got some people to talk to before y'all leave. <laughs> I thought I was the only one screwing everything up. I tell you what, I'm so glad that I'm not. 
I'm going to tell you a little story about this, and I'm going to leave it on that. When we was talking about Judah and we was talking about Mary, let's talk about how that started in John 12, 1 through 6, and I'm going to leave it like this. Six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, the man he had raised from the dead. A dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Martha served, and Lazarus was among those who ate with him. Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it. Wiping his feet with her hair, the house was filled with the fragrance. Can you imagine doing that for someone? What would it take you to do that for somebody? Taking your own hair and wiping it with your best fragrance and perfume. Your best anything. Some people complain about the little cleaners they got in the cabinet. Bet you wouldn't take your uh, fabuloso and spread it all in your hair and start rubbing people's feet. Huh. I know it. Y'all be like this. I ain't finna do that. You take that old Mr. Clean I got over there and do it too. You using my fabuloso. Yes, ma'am. Oh, the shack is awesome. You're right about that. It is very incredible. It'll, 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 make, it'll, make you, it'll make you get real close to your children and family members. I promise you that. Ladies and gentlemen, we left everything like this. Use your best cleaning supplies on people's feet and watch the shack. All right? And Jesus loves you more importantly. So before we close out tonight, I want to tell y'all, man, I love y'all very much and so does Jesus. Take the time out to contribute to someone else in their life. That's the message here this evening. Thanks for coming out to Truly Grace, man. Good night and God bless. Come on.